I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we got Jasmine Baker to talk WNBA hot topics. like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month. You can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. Jasmine, how's it going? We're going to be talking Toronto, Las Vegas Aces, and uh, what else, whatever else uh, tickies, tickles our fancy. Fancy. I can't speak today, I guess. Uh, Jasmine, <laughs> how's it going? It's always a pleasure to be on the show. I'm glad I've been able to be on the, the show twice this season. So what? I'm really feeling myself right now. Thank you for having me as of always. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, so Jasmine, to fill in everyone else, um, if they haven't paid attention, if they live under a rock, if you're not a WNBA fan, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. But that being said, Toronto, there is a, a group of, of individuals, I'll call them young individuals, in Toronto, making a bid for a WNBA team to come to Toronto. I know there's been a lot of chatter. Well, first of all, before we get into them, Jasmine, why don't you talk to me a little bit about your feelings and, and the setting the stage for this bid? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about bringing a new team to the league. What is your thought process on that? Ignoring the new, what we've heard recently, just, just thoughts on expanding the league. I'm with the, probably the majority of the people who um, have been following the WNBA since its inception. We definitely need, it's a better time, there's not a better time than now to have an expansion team. Um, you, we constantly are seeing so many great players getting cut um, or getting waived and, and things like that throughout the league. And it's been very frustrating, especially when this has been a crazy whirlwind season with so many players who've been injured and we've had players coming and going with, um, you know, playing overseas for championships and things like that through, throughout the season. So, and the WNBA is very unique in that capacity. So we're constantly seeing players come and go and, I think right now it's so necessary that we have an expansion team uh, more than more than ever. And I think Toronto is going to be, um, I personally think it, it allows us to go international. I think the WNBA has already been international just for the simple fact that so many players play overseas, but this really gives us a foothold um, in, in terms of international play, especially with so many teams that play up north or border Canada, um, not to mention the, the players uh, from Canada who currently play in the league. And Canada's coming off of a NBA title. I just, it's just too many, too many hot moments right now. You know, everybody's talking about the hot girl summer right now. It is, it very much is. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of those. I think me being kind of the Debbie Downer that I am, the questions that I have in my mind, and this has nothing to do with, well, all right, I'll just lay it out there. There's a, a few things that need to expand for me along with a team. One, and it's kind of like a ripple down effect, if you will. I think you need to expand the playoffs, um, making only the first round do or die. That's what I'm all about. And then you go into threes and fives, or even if you want to go sevens. But to do that, if you expand any of the rounds or even all the rounds, it's possible that 
you are a team that would essentially be playing a whole nother half of the season. If you run, if, if every series went to the final game and you won, it's very possible numbers wise that you would essentially be paying, playing close to another almost half season. So I think that's not realistic. We might have to expand the season length itself. Now, when you get into that, another thing that I think we need to expand for that to work smoothly is roster size, which is something that needs to expand anyways, especially with all the international play injuries and whatnot. We need to work that into the new CBA. And then obviously with all of those other things, an expansion of another team. I think all of those are musts and I don't really mind which comes first. I think it's kind of, you know, chicken or the egg. All of those things are definite needs. Um, in my opinion, but let, let's move on to Toronto. Unless you think I'm completely wrong. You want to show me up? No, I totally agree with you, brother. And I also agree that, uh, I personally think that we should also add Houston to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say this until the day that I die. I want to see a team back in Houston before, um, I, I pass away. So Beyonce, if you're listening, sis, That's let's make it happen. Saying why? Okay. You know, there was talk about her taking over the Houston, uh, what are they, the Rockets? Yes. Um, I just think that's a fool's move. That team is doomed. They're never going to live up to the hype of the Comets. Never. Uh, they, 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 and, like, part of that is why, like, I think I don't want the Comets to come back just because I never want that perfect legacy to be scorn. Um, But that being said, I would love, love, love. I so, Hey, I got my Cynthia Cooper throwback Comets jersey. <laughs> I would love to break that out. Um. Let's talk about Toronto. Um, For those of you who don't know, there's been this new bid. I had the pleasure of speaking on a conference call with uh, the two men leading the bid. And it was a really, really interesting conversation. And I'm not going to lie. It started because I was like, all right, I'm hearing all about this on Twitter. And I see their Twitter account, WNBATO. And... I just wanted to get a sense of, of what the hell was going on. And I, I messaged them. I spoke to them and we set up a phone call. Um, Jasmine, I shared the conversation with you. So you were able to listen. I didn't want to bore all the listeners with like 30 minutes of our conversation and me making bad puns. Um, <laughs> but what were your initial thoughts listening to it? Did anything stand out? Did anything, did anything resonate positively? Cause I think, Now, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I hope this pans out. I think it's very easy for all of us to kind of, in the modern day, see a Twitter account, see some big names attached to the Twitter account and say, this is going to happen right now. And they were matter of fact about it in the, in the interview that you heard where they said like, oh yeah, I mean the, the league is bigger fish to fry. They got to figure out the CBA before they can talk to us. Um, Did anything stand out to you when you come to this conversation? Just a simple fact that you already have at least what seems like a group of powerful individuals who want to bring a team to Canada. It's a step in the right direction. Like, I just feel like it's a step in the right direction. Nothing stood out. And that's no offense because like I said, mentioned earlier, excuse me, that right now you're looking at the foundation. We're merely looking at the foundation because at the end of the day, Nothing was really, I didn't have anything concrete that was told to me that could be tweeted out and we could say, oh, we we had nothing as far as statistical. We didn't have anything like that to give to anybody or that was told to us. So at the end of the day, it sounds like they're still putting everything together and that's fine. 
because at the end of the day, I want, once they're ready and I feel like it's all about timing right now. And like you said, with CBA, everything like that going on, it's just kind of like, it just sounds like a really great idea that they're trying to put together. That that's what it sounds like right now. And I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like it's a bunch of like a, like a, a college project. It's not that. Um, I think that I, I think I have more questions about because here's the thing. I'm not from Canada. I don't know much about Canada other than we talk about everybody um, bum rushing Canada and going out there if things go wrong here in the next week. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. This is true too. I, I, I found out about Tim Hortons not too long ago. But um, I think that. I think that when it comes to the culture of Canada, right, you have to consider that. Um, I have always been kind of curious about uh, how women's sports are treated in Canada um, compared to, like, America, as much as we complain about how women's sports is treated here, we're far beyond ahead in terms of being progressive compared to a lot of other countries. And I've been curious about, well, what does that look like in Canada? And um, I think that plays a huge part in all of this. I think that when you also look at the women who have been, who've come into the W, who have been big names, who like, you know, Kia Nurse obviously is um, one of the first ones you think of. And what has their impact been, even though they've played the majority of their career here? Um, what does that look like in terms of how does that translate um, to, into Canada's sports culture? Um I think another big part of it too is uh, how, because I think what was interesting too was the way that Drake um, allowed us to see Canadian basketball differently. Um, It was definitely a part of, you know, with NBA, it's young hip, it's hip hop, it's, it's, um, it's multifaceted in Canada because Canada is so, has so many cultures there. Um, so I'm curious to see how that plays out and if Drake will continue that same type of fanfare, um, as far as, I mean, obviously the brother's already writing songs about our players. You know, he's already shown, uh, I'm surprised. What? Like I'm Lizzie. You know what I'm saying? Like between that and his love for Skylar Diggins Smith in the past, I'm surprised we haven't seen him in a, in a Dallas Jersey. Although I don't want him one one. I'm going to be very clear. I do not want him one one. Hey, that curse is broken. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I, w- I want Drake in every in every jersey. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Yeah, there, there's a lot. There. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So I, I'm definitely nothing stood out though. As if for right now, nothing has stood out, and I'm just kind of like, um, I don't know if we're gonna see this unfold in stages as far as their marketing strategy in terms of letting us know along every step kind of what's happening um, in terms of the progress of this actually happening. I'd, I'd be curious to see how this all plays out though. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Another interesting aspect is also going to be being these young tech entrepreneurs. Um, in fact, I do want to make sure that we give their names a shout out Daniel S Scott and Max Abrahams. Um, because they're like that, I remember talking to them, and in, in, uh, and we'll share the the snippet with you shortly. But um, talking to them about how they want to really revolutionize the in game experience, being expi- inspired by the Las Vegas Knights uh, NHL team and how they put on a show, and really changed how a lot of people view 
in-game entertainment. I agree with you. It's really early to kind of figure out how serious this is. Um, and that is nothing to, that's not a knock against them. That's just a knock against, well, not even a knock. That's just a matter of yeah. fact of how things happen, how take things take time. The CBA is in negotiation. It will take the CBA to get handled in a proper timetable for this to happen in the timetable that they've set out for themselves, which is to be in the league next year. Um, they've got some high expectations. I asked them their five-year plan as far as team development. They said three within first three years, they want a championship. Within uh, At year five, they expect to be a top three, top three revenue team in the league. Um, so they definitely have big expectations. Um, but it, it's an interesting one. And there's, there are some questions. No one's denying that. I, I think you'd be a fool to immediately jump aboard, or at least you'd be wishfully thinking to jump aboard and say, hey, this is going to happen right away 100%. I think on the flip side, you'd be a fool to say this 100% won't happen. There's a lot of tangibles in this, and, and a lot of things need to lay out properly uh, for this to properly work. I agree, and I think the fact that even if you look at the – Vegas, since we just mentioned Vegas, even if you consider the Vegas and how Vegas did their rollout, I think it's very important to consider the timing of it all and, you know, where they are. And I find that to be extremely important because I've heard other people talking about, oh, what about the Bay Area? You know, obviously Houston. And there have been a few other cities, but people have consistently, I've heard, say, Canada and um, the Bay Area in terms of where they would like to see expansion. And I think it's only right, though, to consider, yeah, I I think... (laughs) I like the idea of the Bay Area, but I do have a lot of questions about the demographic out there when it comes to women's basketball and how that, I, I think it's a great, like I said, it's a great area, but there's such a, hmm, there's a lot to consider, especially when you look at, oh man, San Francisco is an area I find that is so um, overly saturated with uh, at least individuals who can either afford to live out there and those who can't and those who can they're definitely going to be at um an nba game but i don't know that they'll be at a a WNBA game um i i that's one of those things that i'm just like well i guess we'll have to wait and see how that plays out well i mean like you were saying though super expensive rent and all that jazz you might be looking to spend a little less and what's cheaper what cheaper sports uh professional sports league can you go to than the w right now this is true, but if you could say that about any, like most of the cities that, honestly, most of the cities that the W is in, you could say that about most of the cities. I mean, especially when you look, I think it's one of the reasons why Dallas has been so successful here. Not to mention it's a sports city. We love girls basketball. You know, we love women's basketball, obviously, but I think they've done really well here because the price point is just perfect. I mean, you have to consider it's Texas, so your price point cannot be astronomical. Well, um, I, w- I want to ask you this. Um, in in the interview, uh, I asked them if they looked at any teams specifically um, to, you know, kind of model after, be inspired by, steal some ideas from. And the two teams they mentioned, L.A. Sparks and Dallas Wings. Being an outsider who's never – I've been to Dallas, but I've never been, you know, through the association, through the, the, the management uh, owning the Wings. I was not – I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit shocked to hear that team, you know. Um, you being someone who's around that, that team, around that, uh, that industry, around that, that city, talk to me, 
Were you shocked? Was that kind of like an affirmation? What was your reaction to that? I thought it was um, obviously a compliment to what Dallas has done and Lisa outward facing. I think that being here, I've heard mixed, I've gotten mixed reviews from people who work there, from people who um, are fans here. I think it's interesting that they did say that, but, um, and, and for me, I don't know the ins and outs of even trying to start what it is that they're doing as far as, you know, getting a, getting a team, but I've been, I've been critical of, um, the wings in terms of just their marketing strategy, things like that, because, you know, for example, one, one thing I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you notice you've never seen a Dallas skyline in any of that. Like, man, you know, Dallas skyline is pretty notorious in terms of like recognition of the city. I said, you notice that you've never seen one in any of their marketing that I can recall. And I've been following the team since they've been here, things like that. Those, um, I've talked to people who've worked in their marketing department before, and it's just kind of like you're not getting a, a good sense of that they've probably made some of the best business decisions in the past. I think that right now they're possibly with a few uh, front office changes that they've made recently. I think they're definitely trying to make things better, obviously, with this new Dallas Air there are things that are seem to be changing now. Um, but um, I was kind of shocked to hear about that. But I also think that's a testament to, for example, I've heard people complain about the location, but I'm like, well, I think the location was kind of brilliant. It wasn't, uh, you're, you're not constantly fighting their place. For those people who don't know, Dallas plays at the University of Texas at Arlington, which is right outside, it's basically east of, Excuse me, it's west of Dallas, and it's less, probably about 20 minutes outside of Dallas. Well, it's in between Dallas and Fort Worth, and Fort Worth is this, you know, another huge metroplex and um, within the metroplex. So I think it was perfect in the way that it's kind of nestled between both major cities and the surrounding towns and cities of Dallas. Um, I think it allows fans to be able, which I think this is going to be something that they have to consider when they're looking at where they want, you know, them to play in Toronto because Dallas is not having to go up against, um, I guess, concerts and things like that, tours that are going to the American Airlines Center. Mind you, they probably wouldn't necessarily pack the house anyway, but it makes it more affordable, I assume, for management and uh, ownership to have it there anyway. So they're not having those conflicts and things like that. So I think those are the sort of things that they might be talking about and that, that makes sense. I mean, Dallas is, Dallas is growing in terms of the season ticket holders and, and fans. It's just growing. And it's not just because, you know, some people say, well, um, it's because you have XYZ. It's like, well, no, once Liz left, we still had people showing up. If not, with something to prove as far as like fans feel like they have something to prove because they know they've been counted out. So I think it's a matter of what Brian's building here and the culture and things like that, which is, you know, Toronto's definitely going to have to figure out, okay, what's, what does our culture look like? Cause you know, there's been so much that's helped in terms of, even though they've had several different errors in um, 
like, uh, for example, what I mean by errors is like you have Vince Carter error on the uh, Chris Bosh era. Those sort of those sort of things help Toronto because everybody can recognize a Vince Carter era jersey quick mm-hmm. because of what he did, you know, when he played there. So it's going to be things like that are going to be really exciting to see um, going forward with, with this Toronto project. As we mentioned during the interview, I was able to get a few cool sound bites. Uh, this first one is their response to being asked if, if anybody's gone in contact with the Drake camp about possibly including him in this bid. Take a listen. Um, we, we can't comment on that at this time. Because uh, in Toronto, a lot of people just know each other, is what I'll say. That should definitely perk up some ears. That's not the only topic or soundbite that we got for you. Discussing things with them uh, as far as practicality of getting a response from the league after they've formally submitted their bid, they had this to say. Well, right now, everything public-facing has to be very tight-lipped. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are going into uh, signing a new collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, once that process has been, has been concluded, we expect things to move a lot faster on the public side of things. Um, privately, we, we've had a lot of support from, from ownership groups, from executives across every franchise, um, players, stakeholders, partners. Uh, all indications point to, especially with the new executives, this is a team of executives that is prepared to grow ambitiously, smartly, but ambitiously, because, you know, these are some of the best executives in the world. Uh, they're not being brought in to keep things status quo. You know, they're, they're not just trying to keep the ship from sinking. They want to turn the ship into a yacht. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that they have a shared vision for what the WNBA could be. Uh, they're very smart. They're, they've been around the block a couple of times. And, you know, we've we've tried to make as much of a case as we can that Toronto is the best way to show the world, frankly, that the WNBA means business. An important element of this bid is that the CBA is extremely important. And when the new CBA is signed, will dictate when this can happen. Yes, their goal is to start in 2020, but that might not be realistic with the CBA this year. And that's something we need to keep in mind. When they were asked about the in-game experience... This is something that I found very interesting. Take a listen. Oh, massively, massively. We, um, we're working with some of the top brands um, across North America to establish uh, partnerships and um, game day activations. Um, it's going to blow some people's minds. We're working with some really, really cool brands. Yeah, I, I think a big part of that is the technology we're bringing to the table. Uh, like I said, we, we approach the small blanks. Uh, we approach the small blanks late perspectives where everything is on the table. So, you know, things like augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, digital experiences and viewing opportunities, uh, these are things that, you know, were no-brainers for us. So I think that people will be very surprised at the opportunities that we present, not just to Canadians, but to the whole public, uh, when it comes to ways to not just view our team, but to engage with the franchise and the team and the brand and uh, make it a part of their everyday lives. One of the major questions surrounding this bid has been the backing. Who's backing them? Who's supporting them? Who's with them? And there's been a lot of question marks. When asked about it, this was their response. Yeah, so we have a couple announcements lined up over the next two months. Um, One of them will be the people we have behind us. And while we're still early in that conversation, uh, as far as the public can see, um, 
we are very confident in the diversity of the people that are involved in this bid. Uh, you have everything from former Olympians to Fortune 500 executives and everything in between. You know we couldn't talk to two possible new WNBA owners without asking about uh, gender equality and the pay gap. Well, I think that the big thing for people to recognize is that Canada is a lot further in the, the gender equality conversation than a lot of people give it credit for. And when we join this league, we're going to bring that with us. Now, we understand that the pay gap is a huge issue. We understand that representation matters. Uh, this is something that we've been championing for a very, very long time. And while there's still a long way to go, uh, we plan on acting as ambassadors in that regard. All right, enough about Toronto. Let's move on and talk about the power structure of the league currently. Uh, let's start off with right now, the Las Vegas Aces are number one uh, at 10 and 5. And Washington Mystics are half a game back at nine and five. The interesting part, the top four teams, Aces, Washington, Connecticut, and Minnesota. Okay, but here's another crazy part. Then you have Phoenix in fifth place who has played two less games than Connecticut, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of issues with the amount of games being played. So I always have trouble like actually going by by the power or by the by the standings, but it's interesting because Connecticut's in third place is in a five-game losing streak. How does that, that has got to say a lot about the the strong start this team had, even with one of the biggest losing streaks in the league so far, they're still a top three team and, you know, one game out of getting a, a, a multi-round bye. Agreed. I mean, you ha- really have to look at, uh, like you said, it was a start. It was a start at the end of the day. And then um, when you look at teams like Vegas, who basically are now on a, a four-game win streak, and they started off, you know, rocky, I think, for the simple fact of trying to – I shouldn't say rocky, but when you look at when Liz came in to the picture, it was really trying to figure that out, and like figuring out the team chemistry and that very quickly. And then you look at – the Sparks, who were seven and seven, and they recently lost um, at Dallas, and they're only they only lost um, one game, but like it's just kind of looking like they're like I said they're sitting at five hundred, and I think you know they're but they're number seven right now, and so I think a lot of people are kind of like uh, what what's going on there, and of course they know Candace is out um, was out last game, uh, she only played part of the first with the injury. And injuries obviously have been the number one issue. Vegas probably has the least amount of injuries out of all the teams. So that's really uh, between, uh, I can't remember, is uh, Dwana Bonner, is she, is she hurt right now? I can't remember. Uh, no, 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 she's fine. She showed up big, finally had a big game the other day, uh, yesterday when we recorded this in D.C. for a lunchtime game. She had a big game. Gotcha, gotcha. She, was just, so she just had a rough past couple of days. The past couple of games, she was a little fatigued, a little banged up. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because there was a lot of talk about, you know, the MVP race and how, how much that plays a part of all of this. And, you know, looking forward to seeing who's going to represent who at All-Star Weekend. I mean, that's going to be all very interesting in, in terms of uh, how – because I've heard that the record and uh, field goals is apparently – I think LaChina tweeted that – um, is how people are, at least how she's selecting people. So I'm wondering, yeah. kind of like how, yeah, I know. I, I was like, that's interesting. 
So I'm wondering how people are going to, how these, this record is going to affect, um, you know, who's going to get chosen. It's, man, it's going to be all-star. It's going to be interesting this year. So many stars injured yes. with having a skills competition, with having the three-point competition. Um, hopefully, look, I, I'll just, I, I'm going to close off on this because um, we're kind of hitting our, our time limit. But if I've always said, and I know we've talked about this off air, but that the W the, the all-star game should be a time where players want to go, want to experience things with their friends, with fans, with media members, where we can all interact and celebrate the league. Um, past years, the league has kind of, in my opinion, no shade, but has struggled to grasp that and really put on events for everyone. And, and honestly, I feel like a lot of players would prefer not to go to the, to the all-star game because then they get the week off. And like, what do you actually get from going to the all-star game other than having to play more games and having to be out in front of everyone. But when you make it an event, you know, Snoop Dogg performing, Liz Cambage performing, um, a skills contest and a three-point contest, you're going to have to bring in more than just the roster for the All-Star game. You're going to have to bring in other players, and hopefully it can start and it can become kind of a situation where people want to go, a destination versus a work obligation. Definitely. I think it's been quite, you know, you said no shade, and I'm just kind of like... I say that shade. before throw <laughs> I mean, and, and it, but it's, it's honestly, it's constructive criticism. You know, at the end of the day, you and I were both at the All-Star Weekend last season. We saw what it was and what it majorly was not. And especially when you consider fans, at least from a fan's perspective, because we're going as media, our experience is going to be very different from fans. And I think, and this goes back to what we were even talking about earlier when we were talking about Vegas and the rollout that they did. Well, Vegas, between with their pro sports teams, they've had the WNBA and they've had NHL, and they're doing this, as we know, to expand out ultimately, obviously, to NFL. And they just want to be able to prove, yeah, we're a sports town, we can do this. And they have the money to do that. The one thing I question at the end of the day is, what about people who want to, what about these type of organizations like Toronto who want to expand out and may or may not have the money like the, the I mean, the, the deep pockets like MGM does. MGM is always going to give us a show because that's what they do. So when I heard it was going to be in Vegas, I was stoked and I still am stoked because I know that they're going to be able to do, do right by fans. And with Liz DJing, it's something we've been championing championing and i've been saying this since last season i've been talking about seeing liz you know dj so finally gonna happen shout out to dj cambage and i'm looking forward to the fans experience i'm looking forward to possibly making this the home i don't know if they're gonna i doubt they're gonna do that but i i would like to think that they take notes from what what MGM is able to do and the Aces are able to do and take this on to the next level as far as next season and the season after that. Um, Obviously, next season is an Olympic year, so, you know. um, But I'm looking forward to seeing how how they do this in future years um, because it's it's so necessary. For the way that this league is expanding, it's necessary. Oh, it's really necessary. Thank you so much. Um, As always, Jasmine, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. I'm on We Got Game 2 on all social media. Follow me, love me. (laughs) 
We believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that the men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community. You can help support us in the hard work that we do.